What's your favorite hotkey? I'm a big fan of once I figured out uh, Katarl G. Katarl G. I like Katarl G. I'm a big fan of Katarl G. Yeah. Katarl G. Okay. Yeah. And you go to blanks, what? makes it a lot easier for me. Katarl, what, what are you using Katarl G in? Excel. Oh, in Excel? I do 99% of my work is in Excel. Gotcha. So, shall we begin? Okay. I guess. It's clever because it's a reference to the episode. <laughs> Welcome, friends. Dothraki from the across the narrow sea, the wildlings from beyond the wall, the Dornish. Well, we don't give a fuck about the Dornish. No, we don't. <laughs> Welcome back to the regular coverage of uh, Game of Thrones with Erica and Bob, featuring Bob the Dog here at Beyond the Red Waste. What up? So uh, we came to you guys last week, a little bit of a preview. Uh, we let's be honest, we probably could have done more research for. It. We did a lot of our rewatch this last week. Yeah. And um, in retrospect, we probably should have done some rewatching before we... Uh... That's okay. It's all right. It's, it's okay. all right. It's okay. We made it. We did. We made it. And we're on the air now. We are. We're here on the air. So uh, where would you... Should we just start from the beginning of the episode? Or how would you like to kind of go... Yeah, why don't we start from the beginning? Because we had an amazing cold open. Oh. Which makes me immediately super jealous of whoever the hell got Arya in our uh, Game of Thrones Fantasy League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that person cleaned up Cleaned tonight. the fuck up. I'm actually going to have to look that up and see. Uh, I don't know if I got... Maybe got some stylish points. We'll see. But I... Yeah. Whoever had Arya cleaned the fuck up you are gonna have to tell the our good listeners who's on your team this year well i know that's i'm actually looking it up right now so we can reference this throughout but um so uh we had another cold open Mm -hmm. i think this is one of the few we had very few very few Uh, we had one when the hound came back Mm -hmm. we had one at the very very beginning of the show and there was one or two other ones here and there that have um been uh, the cold open before the before the opening theme so this as we all saw and they showed this in the uh they do the big kind of montage of this is what's happened in the previous season all the shit that you need to know right so they show uh we see area killing walter frey mm-hmm. and then this uh, <laughs> this season opens with walter frey and he's gathered all of his worthless sons into his hall and we were both just like, oh, she's killing everyone. House Frey is just done. And that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. She spared the, the women. Right, because Arya fucking rocks. She spared do, you, the women. do you know who run the world, Bob? Do you know who run the world? Who run the world? Girls. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was really stupid. But I stand by it. I'm not cutting that out. Um... So yeah, she did spare the women. Because the wall, the fucking Frey women have been through fucking enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that house is just gone. Yeah. The Freys are wiped out. And uh, she, Arya, when she takes off the mask, she actually turns to um, Walter Frey's latest 
you know, 15-year-old wife and is like, you tell them that Lilith fucking remembers. She doesn't say fucking, but I like to swear a lot, so I threw one in there. Well, I think one thing that was really interesting, because we had um, exactly 14 minutes to kill before the episode started, so we watched the two, um, like, after the episode things from uh, the Battle of the Bastards and um, what was the last one? Um, uh, Winds of Winter. Winds of Winter, right? Which is that, like, George. <laughs> George. 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 But, I'll laugh even harder when the last episode of this season is called A Dream of Spring. But What, um, what was interesting is they talk about uh, Arya a little bit and how she's become this psychopathic killer <laughs> and it's like even though like they're just kills she's still taking an unreasonable amount of pleasure in it yes. and it's amazing well here's what i kind of see happening and we can kind of I, I don't know if we should talk about the hound before we talk about this but no i'll talk about it now because since i'm thinking it but i don't want to lose it i think eventually because everybody is going to come together at some point this season right and i think you know she's going to kind of see and i could be completely wrong with this but that he's kind of redeemed himself because we saw it today he he had a little scene with the brotherhood without uh banners badric uh was it dondarian and thoros of mir they had a a scene kind of harkened back to when the hound and area were traveling through the riverlands and um yeah, I think because she's kind of losing herself. Mm-hmm. So once she starts reconnecting with these people that she knows, and I think it'll be interesting to kind of see where she goes, because she had another scene this episode. Yes. Where she was sitting around a fire with, it looked like Lannister men. Was I wrong? That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. I mean, Cersei's got everybody down in King's Landing dressed in these like sick black armor now. It's like, but it looked like Lannister colors. It looked like it was the armor that the... Uh, Lannister men used to wear. So she's sitting around with them and they're all kind of talking and they're just like regular schmegular dudes, right? And um, they're talking about, you know, how they miss their families and this kind of shit. And I think that's also going to kind of worm into her head. I think she needs to get back to Winterfell and reconnect with the remaining Starks. Right. And that'll kind of... Because there's no way that's not happening this season. And that'll kind of bring her back from the brink. Right. Because she's kind of over. She's right way now. over, right? She's way over, right. And yeah, I, again, I don't know who has her, but... Whoo-fa. She cleaned up. And she was the... That was the only, like, thing that actually happened. This epi- There was a lot of set building this episode. But it never felt like... Oh, okay. Maybe during the Sam stuff, because I just don't care about the old town at all. I think in sticking a certain character down there... They've made it a little more interesting, but I just don't care. Right. Um, well, should we go to Old Town then, since we've... Just hit that real quick. Um, so there was this horrific montage of uh, Sam is in Old Town training to be a maester. Uh, the shit montage? Yeah. Yeah. No, you looked at me like you didn't know what I was talking about. And I no, was no, like, no, how no. did you forget this? This is burned in my brain for all eternity. Yeah, I had to look away. Oof. I was... So yeah. disgusted. It was really upsetting. And it was like, oh, they're not going to get that. Oh, no. That's turds. Oh, and we're getting close. Oh, what? 
Why? He had the good Why gag. Game of Thrones? He had the good gag noise, though. Yeah. I appreciated the good noise each time he, yeah. Which yeah. is, you're getting sick just thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it turned out to be exactly what we thought it would be. But he has a pretty interesting conversation with Jim Broadbent, who was a guest star this episode. I'm assuming he'll probably be in subsequent episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, he find, Sam finds out that, because uh, I think he's the Archmaester, didn't they say? Right. He believes Sam about the White Walkers. And um, so that kind of emboldens Sam. And he chooses to, you know, take some books from like the forbidden section of the library and start kind of reading up and seeing what he can find. It was an interesting conversation, you know, they had where he's, you know, the Archmaester is like, you know, every time something comes up, everyone thinks it's the end of the world mm-hmm. and it's never the end of the world. Right. Probably something we should be, you know, listening to now. Right. I, I mean, it's very good uh, it's, it's social commentary. Indeed. But, uh, you know, but I think the whole point of the show is, no, this time it is. Right. So, um, but it could play either way, right? Well, I think it could end up being... With him saying, oh, no, we survived the long night the last time, too, that actually gives a glimmer of hope. Right. That, no, you know, shit might get bad, but we'll endure. Right. Um... But it does beg the, you know, Jorah. Um, well, Jorah is that, right. So when Sam is, he's, one of his jobs is to go around collecting, uh, I'm guessing, the feed bowls from right. uh, the sick that are at Old Town. And we find out that Jorah is in one of those cells. So how did Jorah get there? Interesting. Well, time and space has no meaning anymore. Right. Well, it does, It you know, it makes me wonder, though, about... You know, a theory I heard, and I probably heard this from Aaron. What? <laughs> no. Of, uh, you know, that there's a White Walker at Old Town. Uh, and a lot of people, I, I think a lot of the theory revolves around, well, you know, Sam needed to pick up the sword from his family, which is Valyrian steel. And why would he need to pick that up? So it's a lot of like. It's metagame. Yeah, it's metagaming. It's like, it's like what Michael Bay would do in trying to decide why someone needs to be in place A to get to place B. Don't compare Game of Thrones to anything Michael Bay has done. <laughs> I'm not comparing Game of Thrones, but I'm comparing fans. Oh, okay. Fan theories. Okay, I can appreciate that. Um, so, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't really find much interest in Old Town. I do think, but... though, if... Well, because we saw today that I think uh, uh, Sam found in a book that uh, Dragonstone has a whole bunch of dragon glass, which you need to kill the White Walkers. Right. So, it's in Sam then wrote, uh, I believe he sent a raven to John with that information. Right. So that will probably be John's impetus for going down to Dragonstone to see Danny. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll get there in, like... No time. No time at all. Because they, they've said that... They've basically said time and space has no meaning anymore. Right. It's just shit that would have happened over the course of a season is happening over the course of, like, half an episode. Because we gotta go. We yeah. gotta go. We got 13 episodes, 12 episodes left now. We're just... We're sprinting. Um, 
Right. So we'll see. I think the hard thing about Old Town, it was just introduced so late into the series. Well, that's the thing, right? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just very like. Eh, you know, we've been with Winterfell from episode one. Right. We've been with King's Landing since season one. Um, so. No, you were at King's Landing the first episode. Was too. it the first episode? Mm-hmm. They introduced it. You see, uh, so just watched all this. John Aaron, I just watched the season one and season two over the course of like a 48 hour period because there's something wrong with me. But, um, yeah, they show John Aaron's body and in the, uh, the Iron Throne room. Right. And Jamie and Cersei are there kind of overlooking it, being like, you know, kind of discussing, you know, did he tell anybody, you know, that kind of shit. Right. So, okay, so yeah, so you've seen, you know, we've been to these locations at the very beginning. And we just saw Old Town. We've heard about it here and there. Right. But I just, I if, don't know that they're going to get... If you only watch the shows, there's a good chance you didn't remember Old Town until no. they showed Well, it. you're getting a little bit of Harry Pottering here. Where in... Where in a certain... The one movie that this is the most glaring, to me at least, and it really pissed me off, was the third movie. Where they don't talk about who made the Marauder's Map. They don't talk about who had the stag Patronus. Right. It just, it's all like, no, that's, and they talk about that in the book. And that's really important to the whole point of that movie. Right. And it's like, okay, well, if I didn't read the book, that is all lost on me. Right. So I understand it's an adaptation, and for the sake of that, some things have to go. But that's some pretty important shit. Right. We did, uh, there's a few other things that we did miss. Uh, Mira, Reed, and Bran. Oh, yeah, they, they walked, they were admitted through the wall. Right. Which, uh, there's, oh, it, there's been this assumption that when Bran goes through the wall, it will break the magic well, what did of the wall. we talk about? Because they talk about the wall a lot this episode. Yeah, it was really surprising we didn't get back at the wall at the end. So we, the whole time we were like, the wall's coming down this episode. It's com-. but And I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts as well. The wall will not be standing at the end of this. I can't see it. No. And this also ties a little bit into uh, what the Hound kind of sees in the fire. Right. So, uh, the the whole Hound scene, anytime he's on screen, it's I love great. him. I absolutely it, love him. All of his lines from this episode like are there perfect. Were, I forget who I was talking about it with, but they were like, oh, I'm really interested in this and this. And I was like, real talk? I just need Clegane Bowl to have it <laughs> and the Hound to make it out okay. Like, that is the only thing that I'm, like, about. Like, I'm interested in everything else. I fucking love the house. He's right. outstanding. And he was great in this episode. He was. And there was a lot of... They, they really did a lot to um, to humanize him in this episode. Um, and it's just... I always love a character who is so brash and diggish to people but has so much respect for the innocent mm-hmm. and we saw that this episode where he's like he's calling Vedric a cunt he's calling he calls everybody a cunt I love him so <laughs> but um yeah so they arrive at this uh, house in the riverlands that he and I, it was Arya stopped at right mm-hmm. 
And uh, she told him, like, we can't rob them. I think he ended up taking their silver, right? Yeah. And so they find the farmer and his daughter, and he killed his daughter and then himself so that they wouldn't starve to death. And they kind of found them on a mattress, like, in the corner. And so, yeah, the, they go through this whole conversation, and uh, the hound is like, well, why, Badrick, why do you get to come back to life? Why not, you know, her? Like, that's right. why there is no fucking God, because your dumbass keeps coming back. And this poor little girl is just, like, dead. Right. So he ends that whole little sequence with uh, burying them, which I thought was a kind of a nice throwback to the grave digger uh, in the book. In the books. Yeah. Because that's who he's... The theory is that he's... Because he's not back in the books yet, but it's clearly fucking him. Um, And yeah, then Thoros comes out and helps him bury him, and yeah. It's just... It's delightful. Oh, uh, and you know... But that's not speaking to what he saw in the fire. Right. So he said he saw uh, the dead marching down toward, I believe it's Eastwatch by the sea. Yeah. Which we know from the scene in Winterfell, that is where uh, the wildlings will be heading to defend um, Eastwatch. Right. So the question will be, do the wildlings get to Eastwatch before that happens? Or are they going to be decimated from the attack Tormund no Tormund must live he better he's on my team <laughs> I'll be very sad if he dies oh but no we got some great uh, Brienne Tormund like thing here uh, a little moment here as well which is just oh, I love it that's the other thing I'm very invested in right it's all these side characters I don't give a shit about the machinations of kings <laughs> uh, but uh, Brienne is uh, sparring with Pod in the um uh, in the yard at Winterfell, and Tormund's watching, and he's just like, oh, you're the luckiest guy in the world. And it's just like, oh, it warms my heart. But, uh, so at Winterfell, uh, we have Jon, um, kind of holding court. Yep. Uh, and says that everybody, you know, age, what was it, 10 to 16, needs to learn how to fight. And, uh, I think it was how, uh, Lord Glover, who I believe is also on my team. Yeah dick. You better not lose me any points for being an asshole. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, we'll get these like summer boys all like set up to fight. And John's like, yeah. Not just the boys. Not just the boys. And Glover's getting all huffy and Leanna Mormont, who is also on my team, gets all like, yeah, no, yeah, we got this. Don't you fucking worry. And it was glorious. Because, Bob, who run the world? Who run the world? I, I don't remember. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop doing that. Okay. It's just going to keep happening. Good, got it. Um, and then there's this moment where um, Sansa kind of challenges uh, one of Jon's rulings. Because Jon is like, uh, you had House Umber and House Karstark, which stood with the Boltons against the Starks. And uh, Jon is like, the traitors are dead. I'm not going to, you know, punish... Their children. Children for what their fathers did. Right. Which is something that we kind of uh, thematically ties in back with Danny, Because um, last season we saw when she took uh, Theon and Yara into her cause, they were talking about how shitty their fathers were and how bad they left the world. So that's an interesting sort of... Yeah. Sort of parallel. Because I do believe we'll probably get next episode, again, because time and space have no meaning, John will probably get down to Danny. If not next episode, the episode after, 
because he knows about that dragon glass now. Well, he will. He will. Right. Um, I would assume the next episode would start with him knowing about it. I would guess. Yeah. We but so it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, he calls forth Lord Umber and uh, Lady Karstark to come forward, and it's like a teenage girl and like a fucking ten-year-old. Right, and that. What was really interesting about the way that scene developed was... Well, and Sansa was like, no, you should... We didn't say what Sansa said. You should strip them of their lands and give them to loyal families. Right. Uh, Which she has seen as, like, a thing from King's Landing. You know, that's something that Cersei would do. Right. Though Cersei would take it farther and just blow the fucking shit to the ground. Because Cersei crazy. Right. So, um... What was what was really interesting about that scene is, uh, you know, they as far as you knew, those two were not in the room. It didn't seem like it, did it? No, like it seemed very much like you're talking abstractly, or but like, or not abstractly, but you're you know, talking about them in absentia, and someone's gonna run up there and give them the ruling. No, it turns out they're in the room, right? And. You know, that kind of adds a level of weight to it, especially the way John goes about it. Because he is completely right. Why should I be punishing these kids? But you can also see where Sansa's coming from. You but it's totally can see where Sansa's coming from. different kinds of ruling, right? Do you want to be somebody who wants to be feared? Or, and I mean, you have to find, like, the feared, loved sort of balance, right? You can't just be feared or just be loved because it's not going to work. Right. So ultimately what they need to find is kind of a nice balance. But you can really hear kind of all the shit Sansa has been through the last six seasons. Mm-hmm. And she's been through some shit. Yeah. You know, coming through in what she's saying. But she's also challenging John in front of all the other lords of the north. Right. Which, you know, she confronts him about that. And, um, you know, she's like, well, and John's like, yeah, but you can't do that. You can challenge me. But you can't do it in that setting. Right. And so she's, well, I can't ever. But what it implies is he's not talking to her about this stuff before either. So it's kind of a two-way street. It's, sort of well, it's probably, it's a difficult situation because how do you do it if something comes up in the middle of court? Right, right, right. But that seems like the kind of thing that you would, okay, so we're going to cover, you know, we want all the kids to be fighting and be training. And then we're going to cover, you know, what we're going to do with the Karstarks and Umbers. It's stuff that they should be speaking to each other about. Yeah. There's definitely a communication issue between the two of them. And um, I think, you know, they're both kind of in different mindsets. Because it's hard to... It really doesn't seem like um, Sansa is truly on board with the fight in the North. No. Because uh, during that scene with her and John afterward, she's like, we still have enemies to the South. Like... And she knows Cersei. She sat with Cersei for right. a couple seasons, and she's just like, she's like, no, once she wants to kill somebody, she kill, she will kill you. Like, right. that's, like, her thing. Like, she's gonna find a way to do it. Right. And um, John can't ignore that. Right. Although... He also does have a point, though, because we've seen maybe Winter hasn't quite hit King's Landing, though, but it's definitely already down in the Riverlands. Right. that's where the Brotherhood was. Right. And it's like, bad bad there yeah so. so you know he's got a point um the in it's just i think 
a lot of this season is going to be, you know, just them kind of resolving. Well, what did we say during the preview? It's it was that, probably going to be the end of the season. Right. It's the, um, what is it, when the cold winds blow and the harsh, like, snows fall, the lone wolf dies and the pack survives. That's kind of, I think, what this whole season is building towards. We're going to see the Starks back together. And they're really going to be the ones kind of spearheading this. Because they're really the last. Once the wall goes down. Because there's no way the wall's not falling this season. It's Winterfell is the last sort of. The last major stronghold. Right. Before they would get all the way south. Right. And you know everything John. All of his decision making. Is based purely around the knowledge of this army. That is barreling down at him. And, you know, in his head, he knows he's right, and he is, but he's not really taking into consideration the fact that he hasn't actually convinced everyone yet, and that they have all sorts of other concerns. Exactly. You know, and it's like, because if you think of the the Karstark and Umbridge, um, Umber, Umber, not Umbridge. Not Umbridge. We were talking about Harry Potter. We were. You know, if you think about that situation... You know, in a different time, it might be, a, you know, Sansa's strategy might, might make, make more sense. sense. Right. But do you really want to uproot two families who are running these castles at this particular moment? Well, and that's the thing, right? John's like, no, we need all able-bodied people right. to be able to fight. And you don't need the disruption. Right, exactly. Right now. Exactly. So, you know, while John's ruling is compassionate... There is also... Oh, it's shrewd, too. Right. right. So, true, I love I love shrewd as a word. Why is that? Because it just reminds me of shrewd. My middle name is not Fart. <laughs> um, I don't know why that's my go-to Dwight quote. There's so many other glorious ones, but that one always sticks out in my head. Um, and Littlefinger is there still trying to like get in Sansa's ear. Right. Sansa's seems wise to it now she does she does but i think and i still think that little finger is gonna get you know ganked by her uh in some way at some point this season because again you know the coming together of the, of the pack but yeah if i had to guess the story arc here is gonna be he gets in her ear enough to cause her to do some sort of Something. Mm-hmm. It goes against John. And then, you know, she'll realize the error of her way and murderate Murder the, the shit fuck out of Peter exactly. Baelish and uh, then come together. And, you know, that... We were kind of talking about this in the on the car drive back today um, with regard to Westworld. You know, that may be... Oh, so Westward spoilers, just in case. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk. No, about but still. But you know, there's, um, you know, it's not a bad thing if your foreshadowing is obvious and it pays off. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't need. Well, it's telling a, a story that is going from point A to point B to point C, and I, I read an article about this. That sort of thing, like now, because you have the internet hive mind, right? 
dissecting and going through every little thing that you have on your show, so you may be thinking that you're writing for this big reveal. Which, on Westworld, I think they thought they were. But it was pretty obvious. Right. Within a couple episodes, uh, certain plot points that right. they were, or big reveals that they were going to have. And that was fine. It didn't make no. the viewing experience any less satisfactory. Look at something like, oh, we need to make our, our wrestling reference. Something like WWE, where it's they're obviously writing towards something, and then... The internet finds out, because of course the fucking internet finds out. So then we zig when we should have zagged, but at the expense of the story, and now nothing makes sense. Right. I don't mind that. I don't mind some predictability, but it's it's the characters and, on the way there, and the way you told the story. And if you do throw in a twist, the twist has to make sense with what happened before. Exactly. It just needs to be something that... You hadn't thought of. Exactly. Well, and the other thing in regards to Game of Thrones is I've seen these Stark kids get shit on for six seasons. Right. We gotta... I know that they're like, oh, well, you know, it's medieval times and there's not, you know, this is like reality and... No, but this is a narrative. Right. Which you are constructing. I need these kids to get some vengeance for what happened to their family. I think... I think at this point... You know, we're at a point where it's all in the hands of the HBO writers. Um, you know, I know that um, Slow Righty McGee told them, you know, what he planned is the end of the story. Uh, but getting there, it's all in the hands of the, the HBO staff. And so you're not going to diddle and doddle through all sorts of tons of shit that's not relevant anymore right it's gonna be much leaner and uh better television storytelling than i think a lot of uh seasons of game of thrones and we've we talked about this last week you know a lot of game of thrones has suffered because they were waiting for the books well episode season five i think especially suffered because of the wheel spin right and them waiting like okay we'll give them another year and it's just like you know what guys you just gotta do your own thing right and that's fine Yep. You have a basic outline, do your basic outline, and it'll be fine. Yep. Um, so, I don't think we've talked about King's Landing yet. No, we haven't. Uh, Cersei be cray. I mean, that map is kind of like... I like the map. The map is cool. The map is cool. Well, she's just getting... And, and I'll say how I think this is all going to pan out as we get a little further into this... Uh, portion of the discussion but so Cersei's there and it's just it's enemies to the east enemies to the south enemies to the west and enemies to the north and everyone's a cunt or a bitch or a whore and it's delightful but we can really see the worry on Jamie's face because Jamie's not stupid Jamie's also seen this before yes which leads into uh, if we can theorize a little bit we're going to get to a point where Cersei's sitting on the throne being like, just burn them all. We'll just burn them all. We still have the wildfire. I'd rather the city fall than, you know, Daenerys or anybody else take it. This shit is mine. And she'd be willing to blow the city to hell, killing all those people. And I think Jamie, instead of stabbing her in the back, he's going to stab her in the front this time. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's very reasonable. And he might kill himself then, but... You know, I think it's just, yeah. 
Yeah, because she's just off the deep end at this point. Mm-hmm. And but you can see the worry in his eyes when she's talking. Yeah. Well, she's proposing just insanity. Right. Well, and he's like, you're the ruler of like three kingdoms right now. Right. At best. Right. Like, who do you trust? Who are your, your powerful friends? That's like... You've got winter setting in. Mm-hmm. You, like how are you going to feed an army? You can't go attack the Lannis or the Starks. Mm-mm. What are you fucking crazy? Uh, you know, and her answer to all of this, because she's like, "What do you think? I didn't listen to Dad at all." Over well, and one years? thing I do want to talk about before we get over to uh, Mister Greyjoy is he's like, "We never talked about Tommen." Right. Good point. And she's like, "He betrayed me," and it's like, "Whoo, whoo, whoo really?" Wow. Come on, honey. Because we saw that interesting featurette before we watched this episode of uh, The Winds of Winter, the finale Mm -hmm. from last season, where the showrunners are like, and this was interesting, we didn't really call this out at all when we were talking about it, but she was in her room when the Sept of Baylor exploded. Right. If she had been with Tommen, he wasn't going out that window. She failed him. Right. So, and this is, I think, it, it, I mean, her natural inclination is just to blame, 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 so she doesn't feel that shit for herself. Right. So, no, he betrayed me. He abandoned me. He abandoned us, you know? Mm-hmm. She crazy. The Mad Queen. I definitely think that's what we're moving toward. Yeah, because nothing she's doing makes any sense. It's like... It's like winning the battle at the expense of the war. Mm-hmm. Well, it might even come down to it. I mean, because Danny has the alliance with Dorne, who's in the south, the Tyrells, who are in the west, and she's in the east. So if they can get the Starks on board, the North on board, where you got nowhere to go, Cersei. No. This is done. If I may compare it. Of course. To baseball. Sure. It's like being. It's like when a team is fighting for that wild card slot, mm-hmm. you know, and there that that one game playoff, and you're fighting, fighting, fighting so hard for that. And every every player is available. You'll you'll put every last one, and she did. She has played every card. In what's left. Right, there's nothing. The now you you man. still got to go through three rounds of playoffs. Right, and you got to play through to November, honey. Right. Yeah. Baseball. And then your team wins, and then Donald Trump runs for president. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I mean, I'm not apologizing for making digs at him, but yeah, we'll try to stay a little less uh, real world political on here which is a lie that's not true that's not true at all we're still gonna make comments but moving on uh so then yeah i guess uh cersei had reached out uh to euron greyjoy who is uh you'll remember from last season the uncle of theon and yara has his own ships and he's arrived to ask for the hand of cersei and jamie's face throughout their entire exchange in the iron throne room is amazing it's outstanding he just got this look like are you fucking like listening to this asshole 
Are you kidding me? Right. I would also like to point out that in the Iron Throne Room, there's not any, like, court anymore. No, it's very empty. It's just all soldiers. It's all loyal Lannister soldiers. She doesn't want... She's alienating herself and just kind of, like, going nuts. Right. So, yeah. So Euron comes in and he's like, you know, uh, he offers to make her a gift. Or to find a gift for her so he'll be worthy of her trust and her hand. Because he does ask her, you know, she's like, okay, you want to give me these ships? What do you want in return? And he's like, oh, well, you know, he wants to be the king. Uh, What does he say? He says something, he's like, and I have two working hands. And Jamie's like, motherfucker, are you fucking kidding me? Just his silent fury, that entire, like... He does a little verbal sparring with Euron, too, so I shouldn't say just silent fury, but... Because he's just not having it at all. He's like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. The Greyjoys are, like... Can't trust them. Garbage human beings, and I'm, like, talking about, like, how when they rebelled, I'm, like, cutting through his people, and he's like, oh, yeah, you were great. It was wonderful. And it's like, those were your fucking people that I was killing. He's like, yeah, whatever. Who's a shit? I don't care. It's like, okay, this is the guy. This is the guy. This guy. This is the guy. Whatever. So I just think you're gonna see this. This is where the pulling away starts for Jamie, and it's just gonna. Uh, it's not gonna end well for them. No. 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 They're gonna. They're gonna go down, and it, it's gonna be amazing. Yes, it is. The fall will be outstanding. Mm-hmm. And then we end the episode with. Um, Danny landing at Dragonstone. I don't know about you. I hated this scene. Really? Yeah. I kind of liked it. Um, because it was the end of the scene that was the end of season six. Kind of. I mean that that should have like I feel like that should have just been one long cut. Um, instead of splitting the two. What do you mean? Well, because you have the scene where they're riding across the scene. That should have just bled right into... So you would have liked that if that opened the episode more. I think so. Or or it ended this season's episode. It didn't make sense to me... Ended this season's episode? What are you talking about? If that, would have, if that one long cut would have been either at the end of last season mm-hmm. or at the end of this episode. Oh, okay, I guess I kind of see that. Because but we're establishing, though, that some time has passed here. And again, time and space have no meaning. But I think... Yeah, I, I don't know. I was okay with it. It was just annoying to me. Yeah, I didn't have a problem. Because all it did was say, oh, she got there. Right, right, right. And for how fast this season's supposed to be moving... It was like, I felt like something more should have happened. I think we're going to get a lot with them next week, though. I would anticipate it, yeah. Right. So I think that'll be sort of the... It sounds like Yara wants to ride on King's Landing, like, immediately. So we're going to see... Things are going to start moving at a little bit faster of a clip, though. I thought we covered a lot this episode, though. We did. More than I thought we would, which was good, though. So, I would like to uh, take a little bit of a left turn here. 
and something I think needs to be addressed. So the Freys are all dead. Yes. And kind of the whole point of Lady Stoneheart was to get revenge against the Freys, yes? Yes. I think we can finally tuck her into bed. I would agree. I I mean, I for me, I've been there for a while. I, I've had a couple conversations over the last couple days with folks who are still kind of firmly subscribing to that truther pamphlet. And I think we're at a point where it is just, we're too late in the game. I think it'd be insane to introduce her at this point. Right. And, I mean, you had the phrase being decimated. You have the Brotherhood is heading up toward Eastwatch. At least that's kind of what I gathered from what they were talking about when they were in that farmhouse. Right. I, yeah, I think she's just completely off the table. Yeah. I, I do not... Um, it didn't make any sense. And, not at this point, it doesn't. And, you know... Obviously, we don't know what happens with Lady Stoneheart because Fuckface McGee won't finish writing his stupid oh, book. He's, he's moved up to Fuckface. How do you really feel about it? Write, just finish your fucking book. You're a professional writer. Write. Don't worry about all this other shit. You've got like 17 books from like different things that have come out. It's like, no, no one wants to read that shit. We want the next Game of Thrones book. I will say I did really like the world of Ice and Fire. It was cool. I'm probably going to read that a little bit before we go to bed tonight. But, um, no, I, I understand. It is, it's like, come on, you know. And you know his publisher's got to be going fucking insane. Well, because don't keep saying, oh, it'll be done by now. Okay, then now. Oh, oh, no, we missed it again. Okay, that game. Just go and write, and when you're almost done... Let us know. You know what he needs? He needs Queen Latifah. Would you like to elaborate? You've seen Stranger Than Fiction. Within a minute? Was she in that movie? Yeah, she was the one who sent to uh, cure the writer's block. Oh. Huh. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Solid flick, though, from what I remember. It was, it was pretty good. And a nice kind of serious turn from Will Ferrell. Yes. Um, anyways, we got distracted because of my anger at George R. R. Martin. <laughs> um, but we have no... J.K. Rowling never made us wait this long. That's all I'm saying. No, she didn't. Because she's a professional. <laughs> uh, and you know how... You, you also know how she... She also didn't have like 50,000 characters to like figure out how to wrap shit up for. Well, I'm going to jump back to... Red Letter Media for a minute. Sure. And their discussion of Rogue One. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they talk about, specifically uh, one, Rich Evans, talks about how the dirty secret of Star Wars is that the universe is actually very small. Mm -hmm. And it's also very true of Harry Potter. You know, there is this huge world that's... A, alluded to and talked about but it's never but it's just alluded to right it's never built right because if you built it it would be too big it gets very complicated then and we're at a point in the books where it is so complicated that i just kind of lost interest right you know i ultimately end up reading all of them but 
But four and five, one, there were supposed to be one book. There is a reading order. Yeah. It's called A Feast for Dragons from what I've... Aaron's actually told me about it. And I, when I do my reread, probably before this final season, or whenever the fucking next book comes out, that's the other thing. It's like, I've read that first book, and there's people who've read that first book, like, back when it first came out. Right. What was it, 97? 96. Like, forever ago. Right. That was the year my brother was born. now. Right. Exactly. Which is also terrifying. But it is like, okay, like, it's nice to, it would be nice to have a series where... I can still remember some of the shit that happened in the first book right. from the first time. That I Without read. having to reread it. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I know we're not really, we're not a book podcast, but, I, it, you know, I've kind of talked about this a lot. There are a lot of people who picked up the books. Because of the show. Because of the show. When this show inevitably ends before even The Winds of Winter come out, those people are not going to be invested still to go back and read mm-hmm. the books they're gonna be hey, i saw the end right i mean you'll still have your people who have been with it from the beginning and they'll I mean, do it but we'll probably end up picking up we'll pick up the books we'll want to see how he kind of ends it but right yeah it's just kind of like mm, i'm more interested in the show yeah and it's something that i don't like to read i mean we talked about that during the preview as well so uh we're going to veer into Fantasy League territory. Now. Fantasy League! Before we leave you guys. The Fantasy League I wasn't invited to participate in. Yeah, we already had enough people. Sorry. Maybe next time. There's one more season. So, I'm a little concerned... Ooh, that was a look right there. I'm a little concerned about protecting my crown. Mostly because whoever has area got... Mad fucking points this episode. Like, stupid amounts of points. So. Well, could you what do you explain the rules of your league? So there are you get points for uh, there's a couple different categories. So violence, sex or nudity, wits, status, and food. So I'll probably get some points for Daenerys for status because she has acquired Dragonstone. Right. So and then you had some choice moments from Lyanna and uh, Tormund. Yes. This episode, so I'll probably get some stuff there. But, um, yeah, so because we had so many people this time, the teams aren't as deep. So everybody has probably, like, one, like, real good points grabber for you. And then everybody else is just very, very secondary. Right. Like, last year I had Daenerys and I had Cersei. And Cersei came up big that last episode. I have Daenerys now. So my team is Daenerys, uh, Tormund, Oleana Martell, uh, Robert Glover, or Robert Glover, excuse me who was um, the one that Liana smacked down in this episode. I also have Liana Mormont. And then a Dothraki writer named Cuomo. Because I figured, you know, grab a Dothraki, they'll make at least some kills. So that is my team, and I will find out how they did tomorrow. So. I gotta see who has fucking area, though. Because, Jesus. Well, and let's remember... um... You were, what, in last place going into the I final week? I wasn't in last place, but I was low. And then Cersei came up big for you, girl. So no one wanted Cersei this time, though. No. No. Because no. everyone is just like, She's no, just going to lose. She's paying dearly. And she's going to lose the Iron Throne. And that's pretty massive points loss. But Right. So. 
we'll keep you guys updated on that uh, <laughs> through the weeks of this season. So, any uh, has any of your predictions kind of changed based on what we saw tonight? So far, no. No? Yeah. I think everything's kind of stayed the same. You know, the, mostly kind of confirmed a lot of what I was thinking was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya did say she's heading towards King's Landing. I'm interested to see if she still heads towards King's Landing, though. Right. Uh, Especially after that little moment with the soldiers. Right. And we know, well, I, we don't know, but I would assume that she's probably going to run into Nymeria at some point. That's kind of what it and that's like gonna, from, last, from the preview. That's kind of going to be the, maybe I should head back to Winterfell. Yeah, that's a, I think that's um, a good read of it. She, um, a lot of things in this show, uh, have kind of pushed towards the point of, you know, everyone talks about loyalty to the banner and this and these poor fucks who are fighting your wars don't give a shit. But they've said that within the show before. Oh, and no, like the small they, folk, they keep reinforcing right, it. Right, right, right. It's you like know. the machinations of the the highborn mean nothing. These couple of Lannister soldiers sitting around the fire, they don't give a fuck. Right, what did the one guy say? He was just like, oh yeah, you know, my wife just had our first baby and Arya is like, oh boy or girl, and he's like, I don't get a fucking raven when, you know, news happens. So here's the, here's going to be what's interesting and it's going to say a lot to the state of Arya is if we open next week with them murdered. Still. I would be, I don't know. I don't, th- part of me doesn't think so because, cause what did they do? They haven't done anything. Right. I mean, they're soldiers, so they probably have done something, but... But I think that's gonna that is going to tell you kind of where area is going, right? And if she has fully gone off the cliff, or if she's just sitting on the edge, right? Now I also think that a lot of what we saw in the trailers for this season, I think most of it was from this episode, and then the rest of it is going to be from like next episode. Yeah, stuff is really kind of. Yeah, and they're definitely they're trying to keep things close to the vest. Um, Though I will say, I actually texted a friend about this before we started. There was a Reddit thread that had basically um, a summary for each of the uh, seven episodes yeah. this season, and I was thinking about it before we started this, so I jumped because of course I read it. I'm lady spoiler. I can't help myself. I jumped on there, and everything that they said was correct. So, yeah. So there are there's spoilers out there, folks. So if you are trying to stay pure, avoid some stuff. Right. So I think we'll call it there, because we know uh, Bob has that rule where he doesn't like to talk about the episode longer than the actual episode is. Well, I think we've kind of hit a... We have. We hit, we've hit everything. We've had some yeah. solid analysis. You know, we're... we're we yeah. veered into baseball. It happens. We veered wrestling. into wrestling. Uh, what, we didn't do a Steven Universe comparison, though. 
Uh, Cersei is uh, very yellow diamond like. There we go. Shabams. <laughs> Shabams. It's done. It is done. So, um, thank you for joining us uh, after this uh, solid premiere, I think. Some, it was table yeah. setting, but we kind of moved our players. We saw some of the dynamics we're going to see this season. Right. And, yeah, we're going to get there pretty quickly. Well, I think, in, you know, in previous seasons, you've you've had either two or three episodes of table setting. Right. This, We're not fucking around. This is going to be the table setting episode. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think shit's going to kind of kick into high gear next episode. So right. thank you for listening. Um, you should also check out some of the other podcasts that we do. We do um, After the Movie, which is a uh, movie podcast. We've got a couple ones in the hopper for that. I need to finish the editing because I've been a lazy sack of shit in regards to that lately. We also have a real play uh, Dungeons & Dragons cast called Improvised Weapons. Some of our friends from uh, Vermont do. Also a solid listen. That comes out on Wednesdays. Yeah, they follow their... They actually follow <laughs> a schedule and they're not <laughs> pieces of crap like us. Um, these uh, Beyond the Red Waste episodes will usually come out the Monday after the episode has aired. Um, we're going to try and stick to that this time. We've got a couple... Uh, things kind of coming up here and there, you know, in regards to familial crap, but we will, Obligations. we will try to adhere to that because let's be real. We're watching these episodes either way and we'll, yeah, we'll get the We did do a Game of Thrones cast from our hotel room. We did. In Cape Cod last That's year. That's very true. Well, we don't really have any vacations planned. We have one thing where we'll be driving home the day the episode airs, but. Oh, we'll have a special guest uh, to record with that episode. He's going to be excited. I'll bet he will be. So, <laughs> uh, with that, thank you for joining, and we will, uh, hopefully you'll follow along with us as we go, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>